0: All right, Jim, so let's uh, touch on some of the things that happened last night. First of all, the Timberwolves, uh, they downed the San Antonio Spurs by a final score of 114-105. Anthony Edwards goes off for 34 points. He also suffered an ankle injury in this game but came back. Your thoughts on Edwards and his durability.
1: Yeah, so Towns is out, uh, I think, mourning the death of a friend. Uh, Edwards is in, and Edwards had a a great game. He just played really well, uh, defensively, offensively. Was explosive hit threes he was really good but he did yeah and the, they kept showing the replay and it was kind of grotesque because it looked like it looked like his foot was like going someplace it couldn't it, it really shouldn't go um but then he came back you know he went to the locker room he came back he played really well second half so and his teammates kind of tease him about this every once in a while he has something that looks like a fairly major injury and he'll just get over it um but he played. He played great. Uh, Kyle Anderson did go, leave the game with a hamstring with hamstring tightness. That's a little bit of a concern, but you know, probably not too big a concern, I would guess. But they, hey, they played well. They they also really let down at the end of the fourth quarter and let San Antonio make it a game late. It just that kind of stuff is just going to happen in the NBA. It just is. Uh, they they got the victory. Uh, they're back up half game ahead of Oklahoma City in the standings, uh, having played one more game than Oklahoma City. And they have Memphis coming in tonight. Uh, Memphis is a team that's really struggling. Uh, so if the if the Wolves play well, and uh, tonight they should uh, should have another fairly easy victory. And then comes the weekend, uh, two you know two top five or six teams in the West, the Kings, and then the Clippers. And the uh, the Wolves were thought to have been chirping a lot when they beat L.A. badly in L.A. the last time out. It'll be really interesting if this is where the start of playoff intensity uh, begins, is on Sunday at, at Target Center.
0: Jim, well, we kind of spoiled with Anthony Edwards how he just he plays for injury. He doesn't want to miss games, and there's so many you know top NBA players that miss games for whatever reason. And I'm not trying to take shots at them, but I just am trying to tell you that Edwards is just he he seems like he's the opposite of what so many guys are doing.
1: He is, and we should take shots at the guys who uh, make. $85 million and want games off. Um, it's bad for the league. It's bad for the sport. Now, the NBA is an incredible financial success. It's not killing the sport, uh, but it, you just, we just, none of us like to see that. Nobody likes to see a healthy player sitting on the sideline, uh, unless you're a really advanced age, and then you kind of get it. Uh, but Edwards wants to play, and he wants to play through pain. He wants to pay, play through discomfort, and uh, and he plays, he plays defense. Uh, he hustles. He's not. Listen, no, no players are perfect, but man, he he's got a for a young guy to have the attitude he has, combined with the talent he has, his coachability, um, you know, his willing willingness to be a showman. Now he wasn't a showman at the uh, NBA All Star game, and some older players ripped on him a little bit for that, uh, but that's more of a national stage thing. As far as being a member of the Timberwolves, he's been pretty ideal.
0: Uh, do you know what towns like you mentioned was out for personal reasons didn't play last night do you know if he's also going to miss tonight's game against memphis
1: we don't know for sure i i I don't know my my random guess is he'll be back but i don't really know that
0: okay uh the minnesota wild they lose three to two against carolina last night they're up two to one after one Uh, carolina came back beat them um your thoughts on the wild who had been riding a two-game win streak
1: yeah, Sloppy goal. Uh, they gave up a sloppy goal at the end of the second period. And then, you know, then they gave up a, what they describe as a lucky goal by Carolina in the third, which is true, but they also had a lucky goal by Brodine. I mean, luck is just a part of the NHL and you can't just say you're, you were had bad luck and not acknowledge the good luck you had as well. They also had, I mean, Gustafson had like a knob save on a shot that he had no chance of stopping so the, the luck was pretty even for me i thought carolina in general outplayed the wild probably deserved the victory also when you only score two goals luck can bad luck a bad bounce can beat you so this this puts the wild in a very difficult situation so it's basically a, it's basically a you know four-team race to try to catch nashville And so it's five teams for one spot. And in that mini race, the Wild are now tied for third, uh, six points behind Nashville with uh, 13 games left. They're only one point ahead of Seattle. Uh, They're tied with St. Louis, who has a game in hand. Uh, They're a point behind Calgary. And, you know, I mean, it just doesn't... Again, the math just doesn't look very good. Um, You know, it's not... it wouldn't be the greatest upset in sports history if they came back and made the playoffs, but the math is not good for them.
0: Jim, is it one more season after this one that they they're still kind of hampered by the Parisi suitor contracts?
1: Uh, I haven't looked at that in a while, but that that is my recollection. Is they have one more bad year and then they get out from under?
0: Yeah, it, it just kind of seems like they're held hostage until that happens because they just they lack flexibility to to sign enough depth to try to make a push. Um, I, I, I suppose they knew that, that, you know, when, the, when those contracts were signed or at least um, this GM, you know, Bill Guerin, he didn't sign those contracts. That was a Fletcher thing, right?
1: Uh, right. Yeah. Guerin didn't sign these contracts. He is the one who was willing to just release two players. Um, and I mean, and think about the reason, think about that move. It, it's pretty stunning. It's still stunning. Uh and Suter they're two most established good players on the team, and they were owed a lot of money. And releasing them would cost them a lot in terms of payroll flexibility, and they couldn't get anybody to trade anything of value for them. And then they released them. I mean, think about no Garen knowing how bad this would be. How bad must those guys have been in that locker room for him to be willing to make that move?
0: Gutsy you know, play, yeah. He that, and, and he.
1: Jim, does he well, I mean, seem it, like he's. Yeah, it, it, it did take guts, but it also tells you what Suter and Parisi were like around this team that he didn't want them. He basically didn't want them spoiling Caprice
0: As far as like Garen and the way he does things, um, what do you think of him as a GM?
1: Well, I think. I think he. Well, he's obviously has guts. Obviously, he has been around and on championship level teams and knows what it takes, and 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 also takes pride in knowing what it takes. Um, and he's made a lot of subtle moves that have worked out surprisingly well. Uh, but now, I think you know, as you said earlier, now there's just a point where they just don't have enough good players, um, and that's even with Faber coming on and being a great rookie. And with, uh, you know, with Boldy developing into a nice score, Rossi being a contributor, you just, you watch the, the third, fourth lines, you watch the back end of the D play, and you go, oh, it's probably not that great, you know. Um, And Kaprizov is actually having a good year. The best player is playing well, and he, you know, he's not able to elevate this team. This team just doesn't have enough quality players. And that, you know, we, you never know exactly how they would have used the cap space if they had it. You know, there's no guarantee they would have made all good moves and they'd be a much better team. But you'd like to see it. You'd like to see them have that opportunity.
0: Jim, the uh, Twins yesterday, spring training games, you know, 3-3 tie, I guess, yesterday. But Byron Buxton played four innings in center field and doesn't sound like there's any incidents. Uh, So I guess we're off to a good start in regards to Buxton's health.
1: I mean, there couldn't be a better development in spring training. There could not be anything bigger. If Buxton and Correa are healthy, they won 87 games and won a playoff series last year with Buxton giving them almost nothing and with Correa not being able to hit or run. I mean, those are the biggest developments they could possibly have, uh, you know, with hoping and, and assuming that they don't have any other major injuries, um, you know, and they're going to this year with uh, an established ace in Lopez where last year they were hoping he would become an ace. Uh, they're coming into this year with a uh, an all-star closer. Where last year they were hoping Duran could adapt to that role. They're coming in with better bullpen depth. Uh, you know, they're coming in with Julianne and Royce Lewis already ready. Brooksley on the doorstep. I mean, uh, you know, that, that's that's why I don't spend a lot of time just with the the dead-end conversation about payroll and spending. I mean, why don't we look at what they have? This is a good team.
0: Uh, and Royce Lewis is—is is it fair for people to think that he's injury prone? I mean, he seems like he—he's had some really bad luck happen to him early in his career.
1: I, I mean, technically, anybody who has a lot of injuries you could call injury prone. I just—I I just don't like the—I uh, don't like the implication uh, because when somebody get a fan or a, a media member calls somebody injury prone, it sounds like they're blaming them for getting hurt. It sounds like an indictment. People get hurt, you know. Paul Molitor was injury prone for the first half of his career, and then he became incredibly durable and, you know, a a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, You know, I would say out of every two hundred professional athletes, who get hurt, maybe one might be milking it a little bit. Almost all these people want to play; they want to advance their careers; they want to win. Uh, if they get hurt badly enough that they can't play or or advance their career, it's not some, you know, moral failing. It, they just happen to get hurt or they had a de- defect in their knee that popped up when they had, they started training really hard. You know, Royce Lewis, nobody wants to play and be a star more than Royce Lewis. So you could say he's injury prone. I just choose to say the guy had a couple bad injuries.
0: Jim, the uh, Gopher uh, basketball teams, the men's team is playing in Illinois tonight against 16th-ranked Illinois. The women's team at home against 6th-ranked Iowa. Uh, Your thoughts on those two games?
1: Uh, Well, this isn't an absolute must-win for the Gophers, but, man, it would do a lot for them. They win this one, uh, then all I have to do is really win their last two home games. They'll end up with an 11-9 record and a quality victory at Illinois. It would really just... it would. Put everything on a tee for them that they win tonight. Now it's a tough ask. Illinois is really good, but they're going to have to win either there or Northwestern, plus win their home games. Uh, Caitlin Clark is the story of the day, though. I mean, Caitlin Clark coming to Minnesota, 50 points away from Pete Maravich's all time NCAA scoring record, um, sellout. She sold out her last, last seven road appearances in the Big Ten. Uh, she has 18, 30 and 10 games in her career. Uh, she's uh, you know, she's honor, She's the all-time NCAA women's leading scorer, and she leads the nation in assists. At least She did the last time I checked. Maybe she slipped a little bit there. Uh, and she's a phenomenon. She's an absolute phenomenon. Uh, so, you know, Caitlin Clark coming to Minnesota is the story of the day.
0: One last one. Uh, scouting Combine, Questi Adolfo Mensa said that they're not thinking about trading Justin Jefferson. That certainly sounds good, but we, we weren't talking about that, but I suppose national media had brought that up.
1: It, well, it, it was – the internet rumor of the month. Um, and and that's what happens when teams, you know, don't talk a lot publicly or don't deal with, and I understand why they don't. If, you, if, you know, if of course he had to respond to every stupid rumor, he'd be constantly talking and eventually he'd say something that would turn out to be not true because something would change. You know I mean? It's, it's, so many national people and internet voices take advantage of the fact that teams are not gonna shoot down rumors to throw every possible rumor out there. Of course, they want to sign Justin Jefferson. Of course, they're trying to. And as I keep pointing out, and if Jeff Diamond keeps pointing out on our podcast, it actually benefits them financially in a lot of ways to sign Jefferson to a long-term deal. Uh, So they want Cousins back. They want to sign Jefferson to a long-term deal. Neither of those things are 100% guaranteed to happen, but that's the way they're trying to progress here.
0: All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast?
1: Alex here, we have the Don of Sports, Don Mitchell show up, is up. We have the John Krasinski show up on show the Wolves. We have the Viking Update show up on the on the uh, the Vikings. And uh, we're going to do the Chin Music show tomorrow, catching up on Buxton and all the developments in spring training. Everything's at TalkNorth.com.
0: All right, Jim, thank you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jim. It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune sports columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Check out his latest column in Star Tribune or his podcasts at TalkNorth.com. Jim, once again today, brought to you by the Green Mill in downtown St. Cloud. News from ABC's next on WJ.